0: This is Chris Martin, and me and my buddy Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Everything, host an NBA podcast called The Mismatch.
1: They call it The Mismatch because I'm awesome, and Kevin is a gigantic nerd.
0: No, no, that's not why at all, Chris. They call it The Mismatch because I have a brain, and you're a loudmouth bozo. Good grief. (laughs) Anyway, listen to our amazing NBA podcast, The Mismatch.
1: Or don't. We really don't care. We're probably
0: going to win a million awards either way. Chris, we do care. So don't say that. Please subscribe and listen to The Mismatch only on Spotify. Did you really call me a bozo?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's the Ringer Gambling Show presented by Fandle. The road to the NBA Finals starts now. And Fandle is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved QuickBets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-health.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available, and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler. Visit rg helpcom
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the
1: weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: All righty, let's roll, baby. It is a Tuesday ringer gambling show with John Stemsky holding down the fort. Joe House out, so I got the heavy hitters helping me out to get through a Tuesday card, to get through the NBA and the NHL postseason. We start with a good friend of mine. He is right now killing it in Las Vegas. He is the founder of Spread Investor, my main man, James Alberino. James, welcome, friend. How you doing, man?
0: Jay, as always, thank you for having me on. Thanks for the nice work.
2: But, well, James, I feel like this is like an annual postseason tradition of you and I sitting down, having some fun, breaking some bread, and rooting on a Miami Heat future. I mean, I feel like, James, this like the last three years has been our life,
0: dude. I enjoy betting on the Miami Heat. I feel like, I, well, that series and the way that that started uh, last night. I would have loved to see Joel Embiid in this, but um, you know that. We've got the heat future to win the East. And, yeah, they're coming back to get to the finals and finish what they, they didn't complete back in the bubbles. So it's so been exciting watching them.
2: Um, I locked them in minus one and a half games and at, like, minus 170 before the Embiid news went down. Now the serious price is outrageous at minus 590. Do you see any path? for Embiid coming back and making this a series? Like, I would say just from a numbers perspective, maybe now would be the time to buy on Philadelphia, even though I don't think they're going to win the series. Just from, like, a numbers perspective, James, or do you think Embiid, no Embiid, this series has four or five
0: games written all over it? I think even if he comes back, the likely path he comes back for game three. So let's say the emotional lift for the Sixers there, the Sixers get game three. It's a 2-1 series. The Heat have shown that they could win on the road. They could win on the road in in tough playoff environments. They blew out Atlanta in game four right after Kyle Lowry got hurt. Now, granted, Atlanta doesn't have anyone the caliber of Joel Embiid, but that said, they blew Atlanta out. They shut down the best player. And, you know, the Heat did it under difficult circumstances, not having a full team. So I, I think... I think if bead comes back, whether it's game three or game four, this is likely 3-1 Heat going back to Miami for game five. I just don't see, even with Embiid, the Sixers don't have the depth. And last night in game one, they don't have anybody off the bench that can score consistently. Shake Milton's a, a shell of his former self. And outside of Tobias Harris, Maxie, and Harden, they got no production from anybody offensively.
2: You know, James, it really could work to the Heat's advantage. Miami winning an easy series and Milwaukee and Boston grinding it out, maybe going six or seven, beating the crap out of one another. I know for that, for that future you and I both have with the Miami Heat, that's advantageous for us, bro, the idea that Milwaukee's playing Boston
0: here in the second round. I'm hoping for it. And with the way that the NBA is so inconsistent with scheduling, if the Heat do finish the series early, It might set up a situation where game one for the Eastern Conference Finals is on one day of rest for either Milwaukee or Boston, which is completely unfair, but I wouldn't be complaining about it. But look at the the Grizzlies-Warriors situation. That was as unfair for the Grizzlies as it could get. They finished the series Friday versus the Wolves, game six, and they have to then go and play on 36-hour turnaround versus the Warriors. Whereas the Sixers, who went to game six versus the Raptors, finished Thursday, and got to rest Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and got the benefit of playing Monday. Like if you're looking at the landscape of the league and how that scheduling makes sense, you really gotta question it. But it, it is set up where he could, like you said, be very much in a good position.
2: No rhyme or reason with that sort of stuff. Okay. The premier series of the second round, James, I don't even think it's close. It's Milwaukee and Boston. And what a statement by the Milwaukee Bucks. See. I liked Milwaukee James in game one because I the way I handicapped the game was this. Boston just swept Brooklyn. Milwaukee is this battle-tested now championship team. And you're telling me the Celtics are just gonna run through the postseason without losing without losing a game? Like I, I expected this series to be a rock fight. So, full disclosure, I was on Milwaukee in game one. I don't like them in game two. This is a game the Celtics have to have. The line is now with five points as badly as they played in game one. I can't imagine that we're going to see a lot of those same elements within game two. Will we be looking at a family play here, James? Celtics laying five for game two. You
0: know, it's tough to go against the Celtics in a must-win almost, but I'm not very confident laying five. Um, I just think Milwaukee is on an upward trajectory at this point from game three of the the Bulls series having to do more without Chris Middleton and I think the size and physicality really, really shook Boston up. You know, Boston's not driving up against Kyrie and Patty Mills and Gordon. This Drogic team is anymore. playing way better defense than what we saw with Brooklyn. That is, for, that is for playing, sure. James night they're and day. Playing, they're playing some grown men who are not going to let Tatum finish easily around the basket. Um, Boston's shooting should be a lot better this game. They came in off game one, six-day layoff. Milwaukee gives up more uncontested threes than a lot of other teams in the NBA. But if you just look from a physicality standpoint, I don't think Boston's defense is going to be able to do exactly what they want the same way that they were doing against other teams. Like getting Kevin Durant off of his spot, is not the same as getting 2022 Giannis off the spot. The difference between, and we've had so many conversations with Giannis over the years, Giannis two years ago and even Giannis before the finals last year is two different players, two different players. He used to dance with the ball at the top of the key and you could build a wall and it was almost, you had to wait for him to make his move and then it slowed down the whole offense. Now he gets on the block, he fades away, He's able to to just beat you with so many different moves on the inside that he never used prior to this. I, I don't think Tatum is going to have an easy time. So bottom line, I think this is a tough game because I, I can see Milwaukee covering, but it's not the side that you really want to go on. How I think the best way to play this, first quarter Celtics, or if you don't play first quarter Celtics, wait for them to most likely get a lead and get Milwaukee maybe plus seven, plus eight. I don't see how this game gets away from Milwaukee.
2: Interesting. Did game one change your overall perception of what you thought this series was going to be?
0: You know, my initial lean, the second the line came out, I said Milwaukee's a good play. And I regrettably thought back to Budenholzer's history in game ones. And that's why I didn't play the Celtics. But talent for talent and and mentality-wise, where you have the defending champs getting... Essentially, counted out. Um, it really, and
2: plus money. That was my logic, James. I know Middleton's yeah.
0: not playing in this
2: series, but I said, you're giving me the beast, Giannis. You're giving me the defending champs at a plus money price. I'm taking that plus money price.
0: I think there's something to a team that won the championship being counted out just because one of their guys isn't playing. And I think Milwaukee's just in a mode right now. You know, Usually, you'll get teams that they're up 1-0 and they could take their foot off the gas. Look at what the Wolves did versus the Grizzlies in Game 2. They got blown out after winning Game 1. Milwaukee's not going to roll over. Yes, they might not be as sharp this game, and Boston's offense is going to be better, but I, I think this game, there's a couple of paths to be, this being a close game.
2: Two series out west. I think we're basically all of the impression that we're going to have a Golden State-Phoenix Western Conference Final. I expect that to be the case. I think Memphis can be spunky at times. I think Dallas can be spunky at times. But out of the two favorites, who do you think has more trouble in the second round? Is it Golden State with Memphis? Is it Phoenix with Dallas?
0: Golden State. I think the Suns last night, if you watched that game, Dallas, Dallas isn't going to get much offense in this series beyond the three-point line. and The difference with Dallas playing Utah and Dallas playing Phoenix is Phoenix has five guys on the court at all time who could guard one through five. DeAndre Ayton could stay in front of guards. And Utah didn't have that. Rudy Gobert can't stay in front of somebody on the perimeter. And Dallas was just able to space Utah out, drive, have a lot of driving lanes. And the Suns, I think the Suns are coming into this series rejuvenated because you know first they get devin booker back and i think matchup wise not playing a guy like brandon ingram who not only his offense defensively his length and guys like jackson hayes um or alvarado for that matter James. he
2: was a and, pain in the
0: ass and this is not to discredit anything that dallas is doing because dallas is a very good defensive team but Last night, Phoenix, once they got past the initial defender, there's nobody by the rim to, to divert their shot. There's no rim protector. And you couldn't say that with New Orleans. New Orleans had Jackson Hayes, Balanchunas, um, even better on-ball defender, Najee Marshall. So this Suns game last night, was, was they were up by 21 at one point, and you, you had guys like Campaign and Cam Johnson play so much better off the bench because... They're not going up against that Alvarado or a Herb Jones. Um, I think the gap between the Suns and the Mavs is a lot bigger than the gap between the Warriors and the Grizzlies because John Morant, Desmond Bain, if he's fully healthy, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, those guys are young, but they have more go-to guys than Dallas does.
2: You know, I'm glad you mentioned that with Memphis. They easily could have won that game the other day. Quay Thompson is the big three. Curry makes the great defensive play late. I look at game two. Line open at two and a half. It's down to two, James. I think Memphis is giving the Warriors hell tonight. Like, I think this is a kitchen sink game for the Grizzlies. They won a game two in a similar situation against the Timberwolves. Now, I know the Timberwolves are not the Warriors. I know Golden State's going to win this series. I just don't get the sense this series is over in 4 I'm on Memphis tonight. Is that crazy?
0: Yeah, I think Memphis is in a good spot. You know, the way that they played in game one was so impressive because they had almost no time to prepare for Golden State. Golden State had all the advantages in that game one. I, I was expecting Memphis to honestly lose game one by about seven to ten points because they finish in Minnesota Friday night around midnight, celebrate, fly back home, and have to play 3.30 Eastern on Sunday. That was a really, really tough spot. Now they had some time to settle in. Um, Bain might not be at 100%, but Dylan Brooks didn't shoot well that game. Um, Off the bench, they didn't get much contribution outside of DeAnthony Melton. I think Memphis has a couple of guys that could play better. And you you could say everything about Draymond Green being out of that game. Uh, Memphis was up in that game before Draymond Green got ejected. so. I think you'll see better game from Dylan. Dylan Brooks shot three for 13. Bain shot one for five from three, nine points. He was having 20-plus almost every game versus the Wolves. Um, And the other thing, this game, what was so surprising, Golden State had 16 offensive rebounds, and a lot of those came without Draymond Green. I think that'll change completely. I think you'll see a really concerted effort from the Grizzlies to attack the glass. And a lot of the second-chance opportunities that Colt State had in Game 1, offensive rebound, kick out for a wide-open three, those aren't going to be as open anymore. And I, I think Memphis is the right side tonight.
2: So it seems like you like my Memphis play a lot more than my Celtics play.
0: Correct. Interesting. Better, okay. better line, too. Difference of seven points.
2: Well, it's true. You're getting two and you're plus two with Memphis as opposed to laying five with the Celtics tonight. Um, and that's the series, James. I think, you know, final one, when we are looking back on this second round, if there's one series that's going to be captivating our attention that's going to get lengthy, Milwaukee-Boston is that series. I think we could I think Golden State wins in six. I think Phoenix wins in either five or six. I think Miami wins in four or five. Milwaukee-Boston is the series that has the best chance to go to distance.
0: Oh, no question. No question. Um, it's been a similar theme. Really, anybody who Milwaukee plays or Boston plays the last, Three years has been a compelling series. So, yeah. Um, But I'm so curious to see tonight because why I can't lay five confidently is Boston scored 89 points in game one. They'll most likely top 100 tonight. I don't see them getting 210. I see them finishing somewhere in the neighborhood of 104 to 107. And with that, maybe they hold Milwaukee under 100, but this is not a game
2: I'm, I'm really confident in. Oh, would you get involved with the total tonight, or is that a stay away? If,
0: if I got involved with the total, it would have to be the under, specifically Boston team total under, because that's a little jacked up with the five point spread. Um, but I'm I'm leaning towards passing on this one instead of playing the under. James Alberino, check him out. Spread investor.
2: What else you got to plug? Where can we find you on Twitter?
0: Twitter at Spread Investor. Just try to post as many. Games, stats, analysis as I can, and trying to have another good four weeks to end this NBA season strong.
2: Well, I like the sound of that, James. Don't be a stranger to the show. We love having you on. And uh, I guess the advice from James, and James, you can correct me if I'm wrong Milwaukee Boston has live game written all over it. Is that the way you see it?
0: It does. Yeah. I would wait uh, until, you know, there'll be opportunities to bet both sides at good numbers. There'll be lead changes in this game. So I like that. I, I like the Suns tomorrow minus six to leave off with one pick. I think the Suns tomorrow, you know, Luca had 45 points last night and still wasn't enough. I think the Suns really um, come in with a lot of energy and, and they're trending upward, whereas the Pelican series was more of a back and forth.
2: James Alberino, great stuff, my brother. Enjoy. We will chat soon. Let's cash a few of these. All right, big boy. Thanks, Jay. Good stuff with James Albarino. NBA playoffs covered every which way. Well, the NHL playoffs are underway. I'm not going to pretend to be Mr. Hockey, but I love cashing tickets this time of the year in the NHL postseason. Of course. Mike Carver, who is a big hockey guy. is our old pal from SportsGrid. He joins us
1: next. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. See website for details.
2: So with the NHL playoffs underway, Ringer gambling is welcoming in one of my favorite people. You guys know him well because he was a stalwart of our coverage throughout the NCAA tournament. And he is a big time hockey guy, big time hockey beaker, my main man over from sports grid, Mike
1: Carver. What's up, buddy? Hey, Johnny. What's going on? Good to be back with you. It's the best time of the year. The NHL Stanley Cup playoffs
2: last year, bro. (laughs) You and I were at Nassau Coliseum. We're in the first row. We watched an unbelievable Islander run full disclosure. Mike is a big time New York Islander fan. Is it a little bittersweet getting ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs this year and your boys not a part of the festivities?
1: It's definitely a little different than the last couple of years, that's for sure, uh, especially with the high expectations that that team had. Uh, strange, but different. I can focus it more from the uh, gambling aspect now. I'm not so worried about uh, my team getting through and getting a Stanley Cup. I could just worry about making some money, JJ, so I'm perfectly fine with it.
2: I understand that. Okay, let's go to the games yesterday. So Carolina takes down Boston. Toronto takes down Tampa. I'm invested in the Bruins. I'm invested in the Maple Leafs. And you know this about Toronto. They always come up small. They never win these sort of series. Tampa, the two-time reigning Stanley Cup champs. But yet, the series price, Mike, Toronto was favored. So to me, I looked at that line. not saying I'm dialed into the Lightning and the Leafs throughout the year. I'm not. But that line alone to me said, I got to throw my money down on Toronto.
1: Fair? Yeah, look, if you didn't watch a game all year, or you watched two or three out of the 82, you'd probably look at that and you'd go, what's going on here? And and you know, Johnny, there guys who just want to play numbers and they don't really look at it. It The line screams Toronto. Uh, it doesn't make any sense for the Leafs to be favored other than they have home ice. Uh, and look, Austin Matthews was an absolute machine this year. He's going to win the Hart Trophy. Had 60 goals. Uh, just an incredible season. Uh, from the American-born player. But this is still the Tampa Bay Lightning, and despite the fact they got absolutely whacked in game number one, uh, I am still not uh, throwing in the towel on them. Toronto has a history of coming up small in these spots. Last year, they had a 3-1 lead against Montreal, and they choked it up. Montreal was, you know, they made the finals, but they also finished last in the league this year. Uh, I'm still backing Tampa. If Toronto beats them, God bless them. Uh, and I don't think the Lightning are winning the cup again, Johnny. I, I This is way too hard a road for them to hoe uh, three years in a row to win this thing, especially with the pieces that they lost. They lost their sandpaper, their third and fourth line guys, but they still have Vasilevsky. They still have the Stamkos and all these other guys. Uh, I think that they still find a way to somehow beat Toronto in this series.
2: Okay. Boston, Carolina. Yeah. Is now a good time to buy in on the Bruins for the series?
1: I really don't think it is, uh, to be quite honest with you. You know, a lot of people I think looked at this series, and the one thing that stuck out to them was they've played twice in the last three years in the playoffs. Bruins whacked them both times, a sweep, and they beat them in five. You know, and they and they have the name brand of the Boston Bruins, and they have the Bergeron, Marchand, but they have no goaltending this year. And Carolina is like the little engine that could. They don't have a lot of big stars, but they win a lot of hockey games. And they've had some, you know, they've lost to the Bruins twice in the last few years. And it's the same Carolina group. And I thought they got a little disrespected on the price in this series. Obviously, the Bruins are going to garner a lot of attention, Johnny. But I think that Carolina wins this series. In fact, I think they might win it in five games uh, somewhere in that area. I, I think this is a very tough matchup for Boston. And I think last year when Boston lost to the Islanders, in the second round, Johnny, that was the beginning of the end uh, for this Boston group. You saw Rask go away. Uh, obviously, Ber- Bergeron and Marshawn a little bit older now. Uh, I think the Carolina is going to beat Boston in this series.
2: Fascinating. Let's get to the more key series of round one, a series that's going to get a whole lot of nationally televised games. It's going to be prominently featured. It's in our backyard here in New York. It's the Rangers, who are yep. back in the postseason. Taking on all reliable Sidney Crosby, Kenny Malkin, Latang, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Rangers are minus one thirty-four tonight. The series price is anywhere from minus one fifteen to one twenty over at FanDuel. Mikey, the Rangers beat the Penguins three out of four times in the regular season. They have looked like the better team throughout the most course of. of this year. It's but of but with games. all of that, with all that being said. Dude, to get the Rangers at minus one fifteen, minus one twenty, it seems too good to be true.
1: Yeah, uh, this is kind of like the Tampa Bay Toronto series, where when you initially looked at the at the lines for the series, you went, "What's going on here?" Uh, the Rangers have because goal- I would have
2: guessed. What well, What did you think the, the price was going to be like? Minus one uh, fifty, uh,
1: <sighs> minus one forty, minus one fifty. Yeah, I, I I thought especially when you when you think about the two big factors, which is the Penguins goaltender Tristan Jari got hurt, broke his foot before the uh, before the end of the regular season. Now, Jari sucked against the Islanders last year. Let's be fair. He was awful. and he, Probably the reason the Penguins lost that series to the Islanders. But saying that, he is their number one goalie, and he played very well in the regular season. It's hard to just take him out and expect the Penguins to just move along with Casey DeSmith, who honestly, Johnny, sucks. So, I, I mean, that's a very, very difficult thing for Pittsburgh to do. And every time they played the Rangers this year, they got their ass beat. So it's it's so hard for you to sit there and go, why is this 120? Well, I thought about it a little bit, and the two things for me that stick out is number one, the main guys on the Rangers, you know, part of their big youth movement and how good they were this year, they have never played a playoff game before, and specifically it's Shostak, you know he's he's making his first playoff start in this series against the Penguins, and as great as he is, and he's going to win the Vesna this year. You still don't know if a guy can do it in the playoffs until he does it. I'm not saying the kid's going to suck, but there could be some nerves first time he's ever in the playoffs. We've seen it from some of the greatest goalies in the history of the game. You have other guys like Fox. You know, he won the North He's never played a playoff game before. There's going to be some guys on the Rangers who are getting their feet wet for the first time in this series. And who are they getting their feet wet against Johnny? Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, uh, Chris Letang, guys that have, played how many Stanley Cup playoff games in the right? I mean, life? I can't keep count. Way <laughs> too many. That's know, what I know. So so I think that that's probably why, instead of the Rangers being a minus 140 or a minus 150 favorite in this series, I think that that factor is what now shrinkens it down to a little bit closer. And it has moved in the last, like, 48 hours. I mean, when they first came out, it was a little closer. Now it's stretched out to minus 120. But I'm on the Penguins <laughs> chart. I'm
2: on the Penguins. That makes two of us. We're not going to be popular people in the five boroughs. But you know what? We're here to make money. That's the bottom line. We're here to cash tickets, and hopefully we will cash a couple of tickets. There's
1: value on the Penguins. at plus 100 for the series. There just is. That's the way I see it.
2: With the experienced team in the line, it makes absolutely no sense. There are a couple of these series that are flat-out unbettable. The Florida series is unbettable. The Colorado series is unbettable. The Calgary series is unbeddable. Is there any way Uh, you would get involved with any of those underdogs in any way? Because I'm not laying major juice. Well,
1: I'm not getting involved in any of the underdogs. Uh, I found some creative ways, I guess you could say, to play these series. You can't play them straight up. Um, I played the Panthers minus two and a half games at plus 150. So I needed to win in four or five. Hey, listen, Uh, that worked out
2: well for us with Milwaukee. So you're going in the same road that we did did in the Uh, NBA. uh, Okay.
1: You can also uh, play it. Uh, I saw this also the other day. You can play this series: uh, Panthers to win Game One and to win the series, which knocks it down for you. Let me get you this. Uh, here we go: Game One series parlay minus one forty-eight.
2: I mean, that's but, a lot. Pe- listen, that's a lot better can, than and, the and, uh, and minus and three something.
1: And you can parlay that. Well, like let's say you want to parlay that with the Penguins. Uh, you know, you start to get into some things. So the creative stuff I did, Panthers minus two and a half plus 150. I went with the Avalanche in five at plus 225. So I can't see Nashville winning more than one game. Um, and if they got swept, it is what it is. You know, I'll lose the bet. I think that Nashville wins one game. So plus 225 for the Avs to win in five. Flames minus one and a half games at minus 145. Uh, it seems to me like a safer play to, if you want to play that series at all, the way to do it uh, for me. Because th- those are the three heavy hitter series where Colorado, Calgary, and Florida are just such heavy favorites. Uh, it's hard to find some wiggle room there, Johnny.
2: Okay. Edmonton, L.A. L.A. wins game one. Yep, This series is basically a split, dead even, dead heat over a fan duel. Are we? Are we jumping in on this bad boy? Or are you already invested?
1: I'm invested on the Kings at plus 188 before the season started. See, I feel started. like I
2: missed the, I missed the boat on the Kings now yeah. because I did not ride that way. I feel like I missed the boat on the Kings.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't get in on them now cuz they're up a game and the price isn't there. Um I think the only way you can get back in on the Kings is if Edmonton wins the next two games and and it's a 2-1 series with a game 4 in Los Angeles, you could probably get a pretty decent price then, maybe you'll get back to where I got it in the 180 range. Uh, but then winning game one, and, and look, this is typical Edmonton John. Edmonton and Toronto are the two teams that have a lot of demons to slay in this postseason. And if there was one, I don't get too banged up about game ones. If there was one team that absolutely had to have a big performance in game one, especially in their own building, it was the Edmonton Oilers. After the way they got swept by Winnipeg last year in the first round, and McDavid and Sidal scoring a billion goals. But here's what it comes down to, Johnny. They have Mike Smith playing goal for them. He's now lost 10 straight starts in the playoffs. Six, six of those with Edmonton. All six games he started for Edmonton in the playoffs, he's lost. Uh, like You can have the greatest players in the world. If you don't have a goaltender, you're not going to win. And the Kings play a low-scoring defensive type of game. Now, 4-3 doesn't really say that last night, but How they score their goals off of turnovers. Edmonton made mistakes. Kings got two on ones and they buried them. So uh, that's how I, how the Kings are going to win this series. They're not going to wow anybody or flash anybody like Edmonton is, but they're going to play more disciplined hockey and they're going to capitalize on mistakes. Uh, Kings are going to win this series.
2: Stanley cup playoffs are usually wide open. So it's usually a good tournament to find a team that's got some serious upside that you can get it. Plus money. We had a conversation off air, though, that I want to share with the listening audience because you look at this particular Stanley Cup playoff as a year where the chalk might prevail. Are you feeling that, Mikey?
1: Yeah, I usually don't do this, but I think this is the year we get the two best teams on each side and actually make it through. Now, I never believe in Colorado, especially the way that they have folded the last couple of years. But I, I don't really feel any team in the West is coming to get them. That's the problem. Like, I, so you don't have see, anybody that you want to get invested in. See, last year, Vegas beat them. You know, Vegas was was a, a really strong team who then somehow lost to Montreal. I still can't figure out what Vegas did last year uh, to not make the Stanley Cup final, but Vegas was Colorado's equal and they were able to take them down even after getting down 2-0 in the series. That was a really nice hit for us, uh, grabbing Vegas down 2-0 in that. But I just, can't, I don't believe in Calgary. You know, and here's the thing. If Calgary and Colorado play, both have questionable goaltenders. So even though I think Kemper isn't a guy for Colorado who can take them to a cup, like who's on the other side that's going to beat him? I mean, Markstrom and Calgary? I mean, that's just, the Western Conference doesn't have goaltenders except for Marc-Andre Fleury, KJ. The good goalies are in the East, which is why it's going to be interesting when we get to the final Which goaltender kind of gets there? I think it'll be Bobrovsky with Florida. But I don't think there's good goaltending to win a cup on the Western side, but they play a much more high-scoring up-and-down game. I think Colorado finally gets to the Stanley Cup final this year. I don't think they win it when they get there, but I do think they finally get there.
2: All right, so you're in on Colorado, and on the other side, you think in Florida?
1: I am. um, It's like process of elimination for me here as well. I cannot see Tampa winning three straight Cups. I cannot see Toronto, even if they exercise the demons of finally winning a round. I can't see them winning three of them. If collar, if Florida plays Carolina, they're just too they're just too much. They're too stronger on every level, special teams of the first four lines of the defense. I think that they would beat Carolina. I don't think the Rangers are ready. I don't think the Penguins can get that far, with this, you know without decent goaltending. It just feels like a year where the gap is a little bit wider and you might actually get the chalk in the two best teams in the final this
2: year. And Mikey gave this to me. I played it and I recommend that You all do the same thing. Yes. Florida and Colorado parlayed on FanDuel to go and get to the cup final. You are getting plus 722. You got to like that, Mikey. I know it's the cup. I know yeah. weird things can happen. I'll take plus 720 though.
1: Plus 722 uh, is if you combine them together to face each other in the Stanley Cup final. Florida's plus 250 if you want to play them by themselves, which is a little short to get through three rounds of playoffs. Colorado's plus 135. Slap them together. Plus 722. Neither of them have played a game yet, so I believe uh, with them playing tonight, you can still get that. I don't think they've moved the odds off of just last night's games for the teams that haven't played. So it should still be available. Now, I'm not saying that's the only thing you should do. I have. I have investments in a couple other teams, Johnny. Yeah, okay, no, not- so
2: give me a team that you're invested in that has a good number that you will be rooting hard for over these next few uh, weeks.
1: Uh, I have some Minnesota uh, equity uh, to win the West at 8-1. It's now 10-1 to one after they lost 4-0 the St. Louis last night. So I do like Minnesota. And really, I think the winner of that series has some juice.
2: Yeah, because you could get uh, yeah. St. Louis to win the West at plus 750 or yeah. Minnesota right now at 10-1. to one. Interesting. So you pick the right uh, horse in that series, you might have yourself a nice little ticket. Right,
1: I have leaned towards Minnesota, uh, but I still think even if St. Louis wins the series, you might still get a good number on St. Louis. Now, maybe like five to one because they're still going to have to go through Colorado and Calgary, and the books are are not going to they're not going to make St. Louis. St. Louis going to be the third choice in the West if they win in this series still. So I think that that's interesting on the East side. I, it's hard. I just, I can't get past Florida, Carolina, or Tampa. I, I just, I can't get past those three in terms of actually investing on somebody to win the East.
2: Well, Tampa uh, right now, plus uh, 750 after losing after game one. After the loss.
1: Yeah. So after the loss, Tampa's now up a little bit. I
2: just can't see them back in the cup final for the third no, straight year. It's no, too many I, games, Mike.
1: It, it is. And, and, and think about it, and I made this point to you last year when they were going on to win their second and they were playing the Islanders I thought it would catch up to them there because you had that It was that a COVID year. You had the bubble in the fall, and then they turned around in the spring. They won eight rounds of playoffs in less than a calendar year. And now they're going to come back, you know, in really two calendar years and try to win a third, um, you know, Stanley Cup in four rounds of playoffs. It's very, very difficult for them to do. Um, I, I can't back in these teams. I think the winner of the Rangers Penguin Series will have their problems with Carolina. I think that Carolina won't be able to beat Florida. It's hard for me to find anybody, and it really is. And you know I usually have a couple teams that I like with some juice. I just don't see it in the East. I think Florida has built themselves a really strong team, and they lost to Tampa last year, so it's not like they've never been here before and they've never gotten a taste. I think that Florida can make it to the finals.
2: Mike Carver, our extraordinaire, killed it during college basketball. Killed it there in college football. Now he's got a bunch of Stanley Cup tickets. He's got to cash. So, buddy, Florida, Colorado, let's ride. I'm yeah, not used to calling you Mister Chalk. but hey, Shark, yeah, is I, never, I
1: know, I know. But listen, keep yourself with some options. Winner of the Minnesota-St. Louis series is very live to get out of the West, whoever it is, uh, and and keep you know maybe keep Carolina tucked. If Toronto beats Tampa, Johnny, maybe. Uh, you could start to believe in Toronto a little bit. But Toronto will have to play Florida in the second round. And they will be they'll be dogs in that series. And and here's the other thing to watch on a night by night basis, Johnny. Um, these totals I feel out of the gate are a little high because there was goal scoring was up this year in general, and there was some six and a halves last night. Now it's split night one. It was two and two over and under. But there's a lot of six and a halves out here. And this is the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're going
2: to have defense. You're going to have grinded out things, games. Unders.
1: Unders. Things things tighten up. In fact, it should have been three unders. Boston basically laid down the last five minutes and allowed Carolina to score a couple goals to put it over. But uh, there was a lot of unders last night. I think that that will move on. Uh, and and the puck and a half, uh, the goal and a half on the puck line. Uh, tight games and unders. It's going to start to happen that way.
2: Mikey, let's cash a bunch of them, bro. Thanks for a couple minutes, all right?
1: You got it, my man.
2: Let's do it. That's Mike Carver over at Sports Grid. Fabulous show. We're getting you ready for the NBA and the NHL playoffs. Every which way. The NBA in round two. NHL just underway. We are back on Friday. Good work, fun. JJ out. Be good, everybody.